Maurice is blocked by Bogut. Good recovery by Andrew Bogut. Let's get rogue. Welcome to Rogue Bogues. This is the basketball series. We've got a good one today, a longer one. So sit back and relax. We're going to do our Eastern Conference previews with Mr. Mike Procopio. How, how goes it? Bogues, how you doing, brother? Very good, very good. Sydney Kings are 3-0. Everything's, life's good right now. So um, big win against Melbourne United yesterday, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But when you're winning, everything's good. Yeah, well said. Shit, well said. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, we're going to get into our Eastern Conference previews from both of us later on in the show. We're just going to go through a few news items. We it would be remiss uh, for us not to uh, touch on Draymond Green, pro, and the the week or few weeks that has been for those who have been living in a bubble. Um, there was obviously news broke about ten days ago now that um, Draymond Green and and Paul, um, Jordan Paul got into a scuffle. Uh, no one really knew the extent of it. Uh, the Warriors had put out a statement saying that they're going to discipline Draymond Green internally. Uh, no one thought anything of it more than that. Within a day of that, um, with what I, what I assume is Draymond or Draymond's people or camp put out a statement saying that Jordan Paul's being um, his behaviors been noticeably different since the offseason, um, alluding to him maybe acting out or being a bit more cocky or arrogant or something like that. That was a statement that was obviously through clutch, in my opinion, that was given to a, f- a-, a few journalists who are pretty clutch friendly if you put two and two together. So that was interesting in itself. Um, after that came out, Andre Guadala jumped on social media and heavily defended Jordan Poole and just said, I'm not going to let anyone do that to my young fella. That's not right. It's it's a complete lie. It's not true. And this is from a source in the camp, me. Um, so as I said, the punishment was internal. Now, a couple of days ago, the actual footage of the punch has been leaked. Um, it is not good. It is, um, some people call it a cheap shot. Some people call it a sucker punch. Um, it wasn't a back turn sucker punch. I think there was... Um, I don't think John Paul was ready for it, obviously. Uh, he didn't have his hands up, wasn't ready to go. For anyone who's seen the video, there was a push and shove and, and Draymond basically dropped him, um, got him right on the chin, knees buckled, went down. Now there's a lot of people asking, what, why is this just an internal punishment? Draymond Green's been given an extended leave from the team. He's put out a, a pretty long apology. Um, he, he actually, I actually respect him. One thing I respect about it is he, he did a press conference. He didn't hide from it. He, he went went to the press conference and um, basically answered questions and gave his statement on, on what happened. Uh, he has alluded to some personal issues as to why he's been acted out. I, I don't think that's a valid excuse. I think we all have personal issues, but you can only take his word for what's going on. Um, pro, do you think the punishment's going to change? Do you think anything's going to change? Do you think the video changes much? Um, th- there's a lot to unpack here. I, I think... The handling of the Warriors, one, is probably what has is, what is pissed off the Warriors uh, about the tape getting out more than anything because it was a very, very soft punishment considering what he, what he did. Uh, there were claims that not many people saw the punch that were even in the gym because if you look at the tape, there's a lot of guys that are just like, seen this before, let's just get on with practice, back's kind of turned and then some, some players claimed off record they didn't see the punch until they saw it on video on TMZ. Where do you where do you think this goes? I mean, their first game is what 
uh, 17th, 18th ballpark against the Lakers opening night. Do you think he plays in that one? Do you think he plays mm-hmm. in that one? Uh, it's hard to say, Bogues, really. Um, I would say probably not if I had a guess, but that's they're going to handle that internally and how, how they handle it. Um, you know, it brings you back to obviously the body, Bobby Portis punch uh, with uh, Meritich with Chicago, uh, where he got eight games. Chicago was the one who administered the uh, suspension. And I mean, the league stayed out of it. I think it's the same type of deal, except the, you know, the Chicago didn't have a tape that leaked and, and you didn't see it. I don't think the league should get involved. It's not really, he didn't do it at a game. He didn't do it at an open practice. He didn't do it at um, a signing. You know, he did it in practice, and it sucks. It's it's a it's a black eye for the league. It's a black eye for that team to just sort of see that. But hey, look, I mean, you know how it is, Bogues. Look, this stuff doesn't happen as much as it did in the '80s and '90s and early 2000s. But people do get into it, and look, like the NBA isn't 2K. Right. They don't just like practice, workout, game. They're like robots and they just perform. You get 15 guys that basically are self-centered around themselves. They've got shit going on at home. They've got shit going on with contracts. They've got shit going on in their own life. And sometimes they just bring it with them. It's not an excuse. It was fucking moronic of what he did. He should have definitely probably handled that a different way. But, you know, I don't have all the information. I don't live with the guy. I'm not a part of that team. So I don't know, you know, if anything was brewing or not. I don't believe a fucking word any NBA player says, by the way, about this isn't it. This is what happened. This isn't it. Because they're all going to protect whoever they want to protect. And they'll lie through their teeth about, like, that's my guy or this didn't happen or this. I just don't believe. I It just – Unless you're there, it's hard to really get 100% of the information. Um, I think they'll handle it some some way. I don't. I think it's going to blow over. I, you know, I think that it's just, hey, look, it happened. Punched him. It's not a pretty deal. It's not something you want to say, well, we have all this culture going and the guy gets punched. Fuck that culture. Sometimes that shit goes out the window. The guy just fucking overreacts. You know, he got pushed. He was he overreacted to the push, in my opinion. But what are you going to do? Plus, you had a bunch of players just fucking standing there as the guy just fucking gets knocked out. Again, not there, don't know, but, like, it's just a weird deal. And, um, you know, what are you going to do? That The thing got leaked, and that's another, st- that's another phase of the story you and I should talk about, you know, about the leak and, and what are people saying and, and, and what are your thoughts on that. But um, what do you think, Bogues, like – you know, with the whole punch yeah, and I, fight I mean, and all that I don't stuff. think it blows over that quickly. I think whenever you get dropped to your knees by a teammate, there's kind of that embarrassment that goes along with that, unfortunately. Um, I think that – look, I played 15 years. I saw two punches thrown in my career, Pro. So I know you talked about – we we, we kind of went back and forth in the chat about it, about how like this happens from time to time. I disagreed the last 20 years. It's, it's changed. It's usually a push and shove and usually – Usually you can tell when guys are about to square up and by the time that happens, what happens? Everyone's in there running in, grabbing arms and, and breaks them up, right? 
I guess that's why probably guys didn't run in when the pushes started because they've seen this 10 times before with Draymond and someone else or someone else and someone else, right? So they're just like, oh, here we go again, push and shove, shit talking. Let's get on with it. They're going to be mad at each other for a few days and then it's going to kind of going to blow over. But like I said, I've, I've seen two punches thrown at practice. Both of them missed, um, unfortunately enough for, for, for the people involved. In 15 years, otherwise it was always just a push and shove, you know, I'm going to mess you up and, and it never eventuates, right? Um, so I, I just, I don't know, I think for, I think Jordan Paul's the one to ask, I mean, do, can you can you forgive and get over that? I don't know, um, especially coming from Draymond, who is the leader of that team, who who obviously is, is an integral part of kind of their physicality and toughness, but also as far as a vocal leader, like he preaches a lot to the young guys. This is what you need to do to be professional, all that kind of stuff. Do they look at him differently now? Um, on the flip side, he, his punishment, which from what I understand is not, might be an internal fine and, and, and that's about it. And, and, and obviously missing some days of practice, young fellas might look at this and say, oh, so that's it. Like Kaminga or, or Wiseman, like this is, I can just punch a teammate, you know? So there is a, uh, a slope there that's very, very slippery. Um, going on to the TMZ 10K thing. First of all, it's pretty funny, bro, because I, I, I played I played in a poker tournament a couple of weeks ago and I sat, I don't know any of the people there because there was about 700 entrants um, and a pretty big tournament and I sat with a guy, there's a guy on my table and he's like, I was at your, I was in Vegas when you guys, after you guys won the championship, when you guys were partying. And I was like, okay, cool, fair enough. And he goes on to say that um, I I was the guy that took the photo of Clay Thompson, like kind of half passed out in that little pool with a, with a couple of girls around him, and, and I was the one that sent it to TMZ. <laughs> so I was like, so I was just intrigued. I was like, oh, what? What really? I, I mean, I don't I don't really think that's a cool thing to do. And I told him that, um, but I said, oh, like. How does that all work? Like how much do they pay you for it? He goes, man, it was like the quickest, easiest process of my life. I basically just emailed him and said, hey, I've got a photo of Clay that you guys might be interested in. Um, and they said, all right. And I think he got 900 bucks for it or 800 bucks for it. Um, and they said, as soon as you send the email, we confirm that you have the the photo, um, the money will be in your account. And literally he said within an hour, he had the money, uh, which is crazy. So that ties into this. I think... You know, first of all, the, whoever whoever leaked it and only got ten k's an idiot. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe that TMZ said they paid ten k for it. So I don't know if TMZ lying or the guy or whoever leaked it is an idiot because you should you should have got much more money for that. Like if you're risking your job <laughs> like to leak a tape, you better be getting more than ten k. Like I, th- I thought it'd be fifty hundred k ballpark. I thought because that's a pretty pretty, pretty shady video to get access to um, internally. And then, yeah, the second thing is the Warriors, I felt like the Warriors were more pissed off about the fact someone leaked it than the punch itself. Um, people can argue whether that's right or wrong. And I think the, the way that the statement came out, they're more mad about that. But everything gets leaked in the NBA Pro. The fact that this got leaked, the difference is, from what I understand, there's only a handful of people that have full access to practice um, uh, the whole practice feed, like the basically the whole feed, right? And that's there's usually a, f- a few video interns, a video coach, and then and then obviously the assistant coaches. So the question then remains: Who is it? Are they going to find out who it is? It is. I think that's bad. I, I think um, I, I was strongly against leaks for everything in the NBA. I, I'm I'm big on in keeping everything internal. I would never leak shit to the media. Um, whether it was it, whether it was that scuffle, if I would have got asked at that press conference uh, about the the scuffle before the video came out, I just would have said it's, it's none of your business. We're keeping that internal, right? Um, but 
that's that 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 has probably changed the last fifteen, years, probably ten years. I'd say it's really changed with social media and woge bombs and shams, and agents leaking shit. It's it's really changed now. Like I, I remember sitting in the uh, where were we um, with the Golden State Warriors, sitting in a meeting room. Do you remember when um, Jordan Bell signed his his uh, incidentals to who was it Mike Brown? Remember that we spoke. I think we spoke about it. So he did it as a joke. He went to well, not half joke. He he went to the gift gift shop and um, bought a bunch of scented candles and some other shit, some chocolate and whatever, and signed. He signed. Uh, he signed. He signed his name, right, Mike Brown, right. Little did he know that Mike Brown's kind of frugal, right. So when he went to when he went to check out, they're like, "Here's your bill, sir, for the items you bought from the gift store." He's like. I didn't buy no items from the gift store. They're like, yes, you did. This is your, your name. He's like, first of all, that's not my signature. Second of all, I don't, I don't buy scented candles and candy. Like it's not my, not. So he was that adamant. He's like, I want to see the, um, the CCTV footage of who, who was in there at that time. Anyway, it ended up being, <laughs> up being Jordan Bell. So we have a, we have a team. This is all in house at the moment, right? We have an internal meeting. Um, so it's, it's basically everyone was on that road trip, the team, uh, I think there was a few, uh, executives in there and coaches and while we're going through, so Jordan, I don't know if he was, I don't think he was in the room at the time, the Thomas Stanley's room and we we're discussing the penalty amongst the veterans and the coaches, right? They're discussing what do we think is, you know, fair for, for, do we spend him a game, whatever, 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 because they also didn't know how long he was doing it for, like he could have been doing that for every road trip tool then they, they didn't know he denied it but you just never know right while we're in the meeting it all came out already <laughs> while we're in that meeting and we're just everyone like so literally 10 minutes to that meeting i remember johnny west puts his hand up and goes oh yeah they've the media's already got it it's already they've already got it and we're just like what the hell and that was that that's an example of how quickly shit gets leaked but this one this one hurts a little more cuz it's it's in a practice facility in your own practice facility with your own generally your own staff um i mean pro how, how would you handle that if you were the the video coordinator or, or the head of player development oh i would fire him i would fire him there's no look like i don't like leaking period i, I told you my my whole deal with leaking if you're going to leak Leak something, intel that you heard about what another team's going to do or what happened with another team, you know, to trade information. I, I've traded information a million times about like what I've heard internally about what other teams are doing to get information that's going to help the team. But when you're leaking, you know, when you're leaking actual footage of your practice, that's punishable by death, you know, to me, um, you know, as far as your career. There's no mistake with that. Trust is a huge thing with any you know with any staff or any team or any player it if you're gonna leak stuff like that you gotta go you gotta go and i would probably actively look to fucking fuck that guy or girl trying to get a job further on in their career because that's that's some like really two-faced shit right there and i i like I'm a big fan of loyalty with stuff like that. And that's, it's different. Like, you know, and I probably, I'll be against if you talked about it, but if you talked about it to somebody, you know, like, Hey, there was a punch thrown in practice today, you know, and you leaked it to like Shams or Woj or something, still not great, but it's a lot different than getting like mission impossible Jack Bauer shit where you're getting a, a, you know, the like USB with footage of, 
you know, like, you know, you're getting a hard drive with like footage of practice. It's, it's pretty low and pretty bad to be honest with you. You know, I, I don't, I don't really tolerate that much, you know, that, that much with that stuff, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's especially to that extent where you're actually giving, it's one thing to say to leak off the record, you know, there was a, there was a punch thrown, blah, 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 but to actually <laughs> cut the film out and actually send it off. Um, they'll find out who it is eventually. I, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty certain of that. And it's unfortunately going to be probably a low level employee, in my opinion, who tried to make a quick buck. Um, but like I said, if you're going to make a quick buck, if you're going to do something, you, you better make some cash out of it. 10K. It's probably bogus. It's probably like you know TMZ does this a thousand times a fucking day. So they probably lowballed them and then didn't expect it to be like they probably expected to say fuck you ten grand. You know I'm getting fifty or I'm walking and the and the guy it, it was like a side the Seinfeld episode. I don't know if you watch Seinfeld when uh when Kramer had like Starbucks could have got millions and they offered him like yeah. free coffee for a year and he <laughs> took it. Yeah, you know, like it was like that. I got I there was a story bogus uh like ten years ago. Um, the Chicago Bulls. I don't think I, I don't know if I shared this story on the on the on the air or not. Chicago. I got this from someone else. The Chicago Bulls. Uh, every team gets like the pre-draft measurements and stuff, and like somebody was leaking it to a draft site, and like all the official measurements, like right after it came out. Well, the the employee, the Bulls, was like, oh, well, you know, like leaked it, no big deal. Well, the fucking NBA showed up like a day later looking at computers and they're like, what the fuck? So apparently like the NBA like gives you the list, but every team, they give you a fraction of a number off 0.03 or 0.005, something you wouldn't even notice on one of the measurements. And for 30 teams, they do that with 30 different players measurements. So they know like w- that number exactly is different from any other team. And they're like, okay, boom. They find the Chicago Bulls like 50 grand. The scout actually paid it out of his own money, either 25 or 50,000. But, you know, they find out I and mean, they'll find out eventually, you know, they'll track it or whatever, or somebody from fucking TMZ will leak it. Like some, somebody's going to get it, you know, there's nobody holds the line anymore, Bogues, with like withholding information. Someone, someone's gonna get it, and it's it, like if you're gonna do that, do it for a hundred. Like, don't do it for ten grand. Come on, man. Like, you know, it's fucking pretty stupid. Yeah, totally agree. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but pretty, pretty big story um, to see, especially considering you know they just won a championship and they're trying to defend. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of distraction there in Golden State and. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're gonna get rid of Draymond for it too, and it's fucking stupid. Like, first of all, Draymond doesn't have a lot of trade value as far as like what are you gonna get for Draymond? Like, you know, you know, he's up there in age a little bit, not too much, but a little bit. He's getting a lot of money, and he, he I think he's got one year left player option or whatever. And like, it's not like they're gonna give you the farm for him. They need him because he's that like Dennis Rodman on steroids type player, like. He's the enforcer, the talker, the leader, the tough guy, the rebounder, does all that. And if what are you going to trade him for? You're going to trade him for Russell Westbrook? You're going to trade him for, you know, you're not going to get this great player back. They need him. And he needs them because, to be honest, folks, he doesn't fit in with a lot of other teams where, in my opinion, has the same type of value to them in winning, like, 
if you put him if you put him on Orlando or Charlotte and said, "Hey, you're going to be our main guy. We're going to go through you." You know, he's not going to have much of an impact. He could put up numbers, but it's not going to have much impact. You put them with him with that team, and there's not a lot of other guys like him in the league. Like you know, he's the old school Anthony Mason. Like he's a like a point forward that can pass. You know, he could pass. He could dribble. Um, you know, he rebounds, sets screens, all that stuff, and he's smart as hell. Like, he fits, and they need him, and he needs them. I don't know how much further he'll be with them after this year or the year after, what have you, but I don't. I think, like I said, you, you're right. It's not going to blow over overnight, but I think it will blow over in time, and I think they just have to come together and say, you know what, it's a fucked up thing to happen. We got to, you know, we got to slowly get back on the same page and, and, and go with this thing. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I mean, they're still they're still up there as one of the favorites in the West, so it will be interesting. Um, real quick, Victor Wembanyama hype. Hope I got that right. Um, I mean, they had the showcase there in uh, the last couple of weeks. Seven four guard handles three ball um, plays at a good tempo, plays at his own pace, can can get it off anywhere. What are your thoughts? I watched uh, watched him play game one, and I mean he's got a lot of tools, folks. I mean he he is one of the best high, um, high school age players that I've ever seen. I wouldn't say he was more impressive than you know. I don't think he was as impressive as LeBron or Kobe when I watched Kobe in high school. Now he's more skilled than those guys, you know, because he's seven foot four and he could shoot and he can move. Um, but like he, he does have some things that you like, holy, you know, holy shit. This is, this kid's for real. I mean, there's going to be more tanking that goes on this year. I mean, you know, you might get Golden State and Milwaukee shut it down for this fucking kid. I mean, he is, he is by far the best player in the draft. And, you know, he is a, I wouldn't want to say generational talent, but he's definitely a game changer. He could definitely impact your franchise from years to come. And, um, he's really fucking good. So, uh, not he can block shots, but not great defensively yet. He's only eighteen, you know. But like the shooting stroke, the ability to put the ball on the floor, go by you, isolate, post up, you know, um, transition, run the floor, all that. And he's not like uh, he's not like Chet Holmgren body where like he slouched over. And you know he's going to have like physical problems. Now, knock on wood, I hope he doesn't. But he doesn't. He looks like a fluid athlete, and you know his body's sort of he's freakish, but like he's not like oh wow he's going to have you know physical issues. He seems pretty well put together to be honest. So yeah, that was that was going to be my question. Impressed. How do you think his body yeah. holds up? He's only eighteen, so we, you know remember yeah. what Giannis looked like when he came in the league at, at nineteen twenty. So. They'll um they'll definitely get him in the weight room, get him a bit stronger in his core and his hips. But I think he's just going to be one of those guys that just doesn't. He's not going to ever be a big, strong guy, right? He's, he's so so. It's just going to be a matter of figuring that out. And you know, KD figured that out real quick. That he's he's so long, can get his shot off against anyone that he, he, you don't really need to wrestle, you know, because you can get it off anywhere on the floor. And I think this is going to be a similar case with him. But did you see Adam Silver issued a tanking warning, pro? <laughs> I did. I, I saw him push the NBA app like nine times in thirty seconds, and then the tanking, uh, the tanking warning. Some, I guess, something's big going on with this NBA app. I would assume it's probably going to be some partnership with 
uh, gambling or something like that. But no, I, I did hear about the the tanking uh, the tanking deal for sure. Yeah, pretty interesting. I mean, how serious do you think teams are going to take that one? Um, as serious as like you telling me that I can't have sweets after this podcast. Exactly. It's uh, they're trying to keep it honest, but it looks like the Spurs are in uh, are in first gear to get to that tank because they <laughs> we'll get to them next week. Their roster is, is is not great at all, and it's it's clear as day they they go on for their next team, Duncan. Essentially, Joel Embiid, pro. Uh, it's just a quick one. We don't have to get into this too much, but um, he now has a choice to play for Team USA or Team France. It was France initially. I think there's a rule change needed for this pro. Um, I mean, I understand people that have uh, were born and raised in a country, going to another country and then having the option. I, I get that. But, oh, man, it's just – I don't like the – national team should not be a recruiting process, period, in my opinion. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a pro team, right? There is some small examples that I think are warranted. Um, but it seems these days you've got guys that can pick out of two or three countries and I, I just don't think it's right. I think you should play for – First off, the country you're born in should be the number one priority. And then if you want to – like, for instance, Kyrie Irving was born in Australia. Um, he was only here as a baby for six months, a year max. Okay, fair enough. He should play for Team USA. He's, he's basically raised in the US. I get that totally. But if you – you know, if your childhood or up to – there should be a cutoff, like up to a certain point. Um, they need to figure that out. But as far as it being a recruiting drive for the national team, I, I think FIBA, FIBA gets a lot right. I think this is one they have wrong and, and, and it's, 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 it's a dangerous precedent because you're just going to have, you know, there is national teams out there that pay guys to, to get nationalized, right? Let's not, let's, let's not lie about it. So for, for people listening out there, yeah, there is, there's plenty of American, especially American imports. Let's say they go over and play in, you know, Russia or mm-hmm. wherever it is. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll knock on their door and say, "Hey, we'd love you've you've been in our league for four years. We can get your citizenship, and we'll give you another, you know, five hundred a million dollars a year to play for our national team." Of course, they're going to do it, right? So that's where it gets dangerous. Um, where it's, I think, FIBA's still playing for your national teams, kind of the purest kind of form of basketball left because it's not high money and marketing and this and that. Um, similar to college. So I, I hope they, they tweak it a little bit, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. I think that it should be a cutoff like 10 years old or eight years old, like wherever you're born. And if you move to another country before the age of, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, whatever it is going to be, like something like that, I wouldn't mind or whatever that number is going to be. But I don't like the third option. You know, for your, for like Russian teams, and some others like European, they give that player that's playing overseas Bosman citizenship, you know, they, and that now they don't count as an American to play, you know, to play with a team or what have you. It's worth a lot to the American or the other player. Sort of like Serge Ibaka playing for Spain. Um, you know, I don't know his childhood or if he moved to Spain at an early age or whatnot, but I do agree with you. I think there needs to be a rule, cut it down, say, look, this is it. It's either your birth country or if you move to another country by a certain age, that's it. You know, but that very small cases with that rule, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm against it. Yep. Makes two of us. I think it's just a no-brainer. You just don't want guys starting to get recruited to play for the national team. It's just a – it'll get very, very messy and, and you know, essentially you'll have like – the Arab Emirates will have the best players in the world in 20 years, you know? <laughs> just all that oil oil money, like, we'll just, we'll just buy you all, come play for us. And, you know, the Dubai Hurricanes are going to, you know, 
be the best in the world, but uh, that is a city. But all right, let's get into our, our East Deep, our East Preview Pro. Um, it's deep. The East is deep this season. Um, even the top, getting the top four wasn't as easy as I thought. Um, so we'll go through. Um, Go through our. Let's just go through our top fifteen each, and then we'll go through team by team. Um, what What do you have? Give me your. Give me your. Give me your top four first. All right. So top four Bogues is going to be Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Miami. In that order. That's my four. And that in, in that order. That's yep. my. That's my order. What okay. do you have, Bogues? I got Philly. Um, I got Philly number one. I'll talk about that why later. I got Brooklyn two, Milwaukee three, and Boston four. So. We're similar, but I've, I've I've got Miami, and then I'll go on with mine. I've got Miami in five, so just out. I've got Cleveland in six, Toronto in seven, Atlanta in eight, Chicago in nine, and I've got New York in ten. I think that ten spot is is kind of open. Um, I then have I have Washington as the first out, uh, Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, and Indiana dead last. What do you got? I've got a pass to four. I've got Brooklyn five, Cleveland six, Atlanta seven. Toronto 8, Chicago 9, Washington 10, New York 11, Detroit 12, Indiana 13, Charlotte 14, and Orlando 15. Wait, where was Cleveland? Cleveland was 6. 6, okay. Yeah. Yep, now, maybe yep. maybe the Indiana thing, because they're, they're going to tank, you know, for sure. They're probably going to move, you know, both those guys, um, and, and uh, they'll find somewhere, and then they'll just tank it out. And Orlando fights, and they got young talent, but they've got some injury issues, too. So, yeah, we'll see. And I think Charlotte, without, you know, without Bridges, and they're just their talent minus Bridges, and I just don't think, think they're good enough to really make a run, so... We'll see what happens. Yeah, we won't get too far into the bottom five because of the bottom five, but I think I'm the same. I think Indiana's a very unbalanced roster. They're not deep. Um, and they got Rick Carlisle, who's going to be losing his shit, losing games. So I think that's a good good recipe for disaster there. I have them dead last, obviously. Um, Orlando, I think they'll get a little bit better with some continuity. Banchero will continue to develop, but I don't really see them winning many games. Detroit, I think, will be fun to watch. Um but I still think they're another year or two away. I think they're the OKC, slowly becoming the OKC of the East in a way. A lot of young talent that they just need to get some continuity and some consistency together. Ironically um, enough, their GM came from Oklahoma City. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't actually. Yeah, well, he, there you go. I mean, it just seems like they're, they're building for the long term rather than just trying to hit a home run. Um, Charlotte, I mean, they bring back their their old coach. The Bridges loss is big for them. I, I don't care how you spin it. Um, and then we'll see how, how Ball continues his trajectory and growth. But I still, I just don't think they're they're good enough or disciplined enough. They, they I think, I think uh, as one of the bottom five teams in the East, that this Charlotte team could beat anyone on any given night. I think this is the thing with them. I think they could they could go out and beat Golden State and then lose to. Indiana the next night. I think they're going to be inconsistent and they're just that, they're young, young and dumb, right? So I just don't think they're going to have, when the games count, they have to be disciplined and, and knuckle down and, and be, you know, uh, not making silly passes and, and playing that free flowing style. I think that's where they'll, they'll be hurt. And then Washington, I kind of had them in, had them out. Um, they had, they had a great run. Was that, second month into the season? They were top four for a bit in the East and they just like completely shut the bed. Um, I don't think they'll be horrible. I think they're going to be competitive, but I, I think the East is too deep. You, you could, uh, someone could argue instead of New York maybe, um, but I think health is a key for them. They've got a bunch of guys that just can't stay healthy on that team, like Porzingis and Beal 
are the two stars of that team, and they, uh, I mean, they're just not they're not healthy. They're never healthy. So if your two best players aren't healthy, you know, you're gonna struggle to win games. So that's why I have them in the five. You got anything else on those on those five teams, or should we move on? No, nah, we'll move on, Bogues. We'll get into it later. So oh, we're good. Yep. All right, Philly. Let's start with Philly. So they're not, they're my number one. I think they're real. They're, they're deeper. Um, they move Thibault to the bench. They got they got a, a much deeper roster than they've had the last couple of seasons. With the fact, um, you know, James Harden is going to be their guy on the perimeter. Maxi's coming into his own. Embiid. I like that. I think they got a pretty well balanced roster. I think Doc's a great regular season coach. I think that's the other f- reason why. I think he's. He's pretty good at, at racking up wins in the regular season and the playoffs. Um, there's people that question question how he is, but I, I don't think you can question, you know, he's coaching in 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 the regular season. I mean, with the Clippers, they won a boatload of games. I mean, he he does a pretty good job in the regular season. So um, that's kind of my mindset with it. I think that they, like I said, their starting lineup um, of, of Harden, Maxi, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, Joel Embiid. That's 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 a fantastic lineup. Uh, I think PJ brings a role-playing guy that doesn't need the ball, which they needed in that lineup. I think Tobias is going to be the interesting one to see how he goes because there's not going to be he's not going to get that he's not going to get the rock as much as he used to. Um, you know, especially considering he was playing next to another star and Ben Simmons who was happy to to pass as much as he could. You've now got James who's going to be taking the bulk of the perimeter shots. Maxie's really good in the open floor. And then Embiid's going to want his touches. So I think Harris is the old man out. I'd look to his numbers going down as far as production. But if he buys into a good role, I think he can be valuable for him. Uh, they've got Niang House Jr. off the bench. Reed had a had a decent season last year, just, just started to get a little bit better. Um, Thibel, Montrez Harrell, everyone's forgetting about. And and Milton, I think, can can be a real good scoring punch off the bench for him. Um, Korkmaz is in there as well. So I think they're, they're pretty deep. They're pretty well balanced. And I just think um, they're going to come out motivated and try to get to that that final. So I think they're going to really try to try to win some games in the regular season process. That's why I have them as my one. What are your thoughts? No, Bogues, I mean, look, you know, Embiid's arguably one of the best players in the league. And um, – you know, you get him, you put him with Harden. Like you said, Maxie's much better. Harris will have to sort of, you know, figure it out. If they could stay healthy, you know, for sure. If if Harden could stay healthy and Embiid could stay healthy and Tucker being at 37, they got a nice little bench of Montrez, Sorrell, and, you know, Thibault and, and House and Yang and, and Melton. Wow. I love Doc as a coach as far as being able to challenge his guys and put him in roles and things. Um, you know, Hopefully Harden could stay in really good shape. I'm at look, it's anybody's ball game, you know, in the East for sure. And it's going to be a, a pretty cool, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty cool race between Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly. I, I do. I think, you know, they got they all have firepower. They all have great players. They all have good coaches. So it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting deal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why I had them at, at one. I just I just think that you know they've been together probably that that. that at least the core of their group has been together for the most part with four or five guys that play together. So I think they'll be fun to watch and looking forward to seeing how that goes. Where'd you have Philly? You had them at three or four? I have three. Yeah, I have Boston at two and Philly at three. You know, but look, they got Harden for the whole year now. So look, last year, you know, last year with the whole Simmons thing, you know, maybe maybe they do. Maybe, I mean, they're definitely going to challenge for up there. So it'll be cool. It'll be cool to watch. I got Brooklyn at two. Um, I think they're really deep as well and and talented, uh, as we know. Um, you know, I think uh, I, we spoke about it 
in the off season, I'd really love to see their small ball lineup. I think they can really create kind of a death lineup with Simmons at the five, Katie at the four, and then you can have a mix of guard lineups, whether it be Kyrie Harris, Royce O'Neal, Kyrie Harris, Mills. You might be a bit small, but it's it's a a lot of shooting. Um, it then it then. I guess doesn't make Ben Simmons' glaring weakness a weakness anymore if you put him at the five, um, especially as a playmaker. Creates cross matches. You, you've all of a sudden got a five-man having to locate Ben Simmons in transition. Um, and you've got KD at the four as well, which will be a mismatch. So I think they've got numerous lineups they can go to. I hope they try some different things. I mean, the, um, they also have Claxton. I mean, their starting, projected starting lineup, uh, at least in the preseason, was, was Kyrie. Uh, ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Claxton, and Kevin Durant. So um, I think they'll start big. Generally, teams like to start big, but I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Claxton out of there early in games and then they go to a more small, robust lineup. Um, obviously, Paddy Mills off the bench. They, they've still got you know Thomas. They've got Chioza. Um I mean, they're, they're not super deep this season um, off the bench, in my opinion. I mean, Paddy's getting older and a few other guys are getting older on that roster. But I think they'll 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 be healthy. The distraction of the Ben thing is gone. Look, I still think Ben um, is going to have to you know get through those demons in the regular season, especially when it comes playoff time with the shooting woes and the free throws. But I think in the regular season they'll be they'll be pretty good, and I think they'll be more motivated to come and, and actually get you know get get home court in the playoffs. I think the last couple of seasons with COVID and all that all that kind of stuff, I, I feel like teams didn't really overly emphasize home court but you see how important it is in the playoffs um i think um even though we see things like dallas punch and phoenix in, you know on their home floor um uh, yeah that, that's my reason for brooklyn at two pro uh bogues i mean look the star power they have with the irving you know irving durant simmons and then they have a bunch of other players like you said they can go small ball if they want there's a lot of options here um, you can go a lot of different ways with this with this team. Now you just got to stay healthy. You know, Durant's going to have high usage. You know, Joe Harris is coming off injury. Kyrie, you know, like if they could stay healthy and everything goes, and you know the Simmons fiasco stuff just sort of quiets down and just he just sort of settles into any role, like any role. Like I don't care, like go to guy, point guard, five man, whatever role that he has, just. Let it be drama free. Let him play seventy two games, seventy five games, and then you know they have a chance for sure. They have firepower. Um, they have defense. They've got they've got a lot of things going for them. They got a good bench, a lot of vets on their bench. So yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see them making a run for sure. Does Ben Simmons play at Philly first time they go there? Uh, Bogues like. You know, if it walks like a duck and sounds like a duck, uh, I don't even know if I fucking got that right. But like, like, give me a. <laughs> Are you just hungry? Get, yeah, I think I am hungry. Give me a like. Give me an example of when he stepped up since he got to LSU to the NBA. Like, give me a, give me like three or four examples of how he stepped up when like real true adversity hit. Through NBA, college, national team, must win games. I hope he does it. I do. Like I never, I never wish like bad things on any player. It's just you know you're asking questions and you just got to make a you got to make a call on things. And I just go back to his past and be like, has the guys you know ever like when the going gets tough, has he ever really stepped up like that? 
that he hasn't. And I mean, maybe he does. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, you know, a fire alarm pulled or, you know, a bomb threat or something like that, God forbid. But, you know. Well, I, it's I can, November 22nd for those following, so we'll see. Um, I hope he does it because it's a demon he needs to – he needs to get through um, and just get, get get over that, go there, get the win, flip the bird at the Philly fans, make them even more angry and get out of there. I mean, that's the only way you can really uh, get through all that. So be interesting to see if he does attend that trip. Where'd you have Brooklyn? I had Brooklyn at five and probably a, a little oh, low. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I had him a little low, to be honest. But, you know, I, I do – I do really believe in Boston because of their talent. Philly's obviously really good. Maybe the monkey wrench is Miami. I'm always a Miami fan, as we know. But, like, I do like Miami. I just – they never have enough firepower to, to really, like, you know, to go deep, deep, deep and win anything. But I do think that they'll be good in the regular season. They play hard. They defend. They've got shooting. Uh, they got good role players. But Brooklyn, again, Irving – Simmons, you got a lot of drama and shit there. So you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong on it. Hopefully I am. But, yeah, I have him at five. We'll see. All right. I got Milwaukee at three. Uh, I just – I can't bet against Giannis. Um, I think they've – you know, if they can get healthy. I mean, Lopez was hurt last season for most of the season. Just never looked right. Um, Joe Ingles is an X factor for them. I think if he comes back healthy by you know February, provides that 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 perimeter kind of playmaking that he you know like him him and Giannis in a pick and roll would be would be great. I mean he's a very very good passer um, and obviously feet set forty plus percent three point shooter. So they need him back healthy. But you know the projected starters Drew Holiday, Lopez, um, Giannis obviously they've had they've had Portis in the starting lineup with Lopez which I found interesting um, I guess because Portis can shoot the three ball somewhat and they're, they're a bit more comfortable with Giannis handling it on the perimeter now and shooting a few threes and then Lopez can shoot the three and, and the other one was um, Grayson Allen's still in the mix obviously Middleton's out so he will replace probably Portis in that lineup I would say probably how long, how long is Middleton out for Bo? I don't know if they're just kind of easing him back um, but off, off the knee but you know, I haven't seen I haven't seen reports of when he'll be ready, um, but I, I assume I assume we'll be back. You know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. But it's the preseason, so you just can't you can't gauge it. I mean, there's no point there's no point playing him right now. Their bench is you know some some solid veterans in Ibaka and and Hill. Pat Connaughton's still there, obviously. Um, so and Jordan Awara's I think taking a little bit of a leap. He's got boy Ingles. Like he's a little bit. Yeah, and Ingles off the bench. So they've got um, they've got a good balanced roster. They've got most of their championship influential pieces back and healthy. So and I just can't bet against Giannis. Like over the course of, of eighty two games, he's 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 tough to play against. You know, he's giving his all and he plays at one hundred and ten percent. So I have them at three pro. Where'd you have him? I had him at one. I mean, I, I love how they play together. Uh, Giannis is you know phenomenal. They they play well together. They play hard. The biggest thing here is Middleton staying healthy. If Middleton stays healthy, they got a legitimate chance. If he doesn't stay healthy, they just don't have enough firepower coming off that bench. You know, they've got good players like George Hill can make a shot. Pat Connaughton can make a shot, give you some toughness. Wes Matthews is hot or cold. You know, Bobby Portis is sort of like that, you know, the guy that just sort of the X factor, right? And then, um, you know, Abaka, if he can stay healthy. But like, you know, Ingles coming off an injury, 
you know, but they they just need that firepower coming off the bench and they got to stay healthy like any other team. Um, I think they're really good. You know, I think they do a great job. They play together. They play hard. That This group has been together for a while. And I think last year they obviously got screwed with Middleton getting hurt. I think they would have beat Boston and, and got to the finals. Um, but it's like every other team, man, you gotta, you just got to have a little bit of luck coming into the playoffs with, you know, staying healthy. Yeah, agree, agree. They will be tough though, and they they play really well at home, and you just yeah, you can't count them out. And as as, as we both said, I mean, the, the top four, I think, in the East is just hard. It's a it's a it's a Rubik's cube. You can you can change all these positions, and it's, it's just so it's become so deep considering where it was ten years ago, which is interesting. Boston, I've got Boston at four. You've got them at one. I'm still not sold on their bench. I know they I know they got Brogdon. Um, I think the coaching distraction, from what I understand, very good coach and the players love him. Um, but we usually hear that about assistant coaches all around the NBA and especially dur- during the honeymoon period, right? Once they become a head coach, things change. Um, you know, Tatum, Tatum starting lineup with Horford, Brown, they're starting white right now. Uh, he came off the bench from last season and then Marcus Smart. It's a pretty, pretty decent lineup um, to start with. I mean, Horford's age is probably a bit of an issue. Their bench, they've still got Williams, they've got Noah Vonley. Um, they've got Brogdon, obviously, off the bench, and then they've just signed Blake Griffin, will probably be the main guys in their rotation. Do you know much about this Hauser guy? Yeah, I could really shoot. Uh, white kid could really, really shoot. Um, you know, he's had, I think he had a really good game. I think he had a 20 plus game. Yeah, um, from 20, he had uh, 22 points, yeah. 5 8 from three. He, he, was a develop, he was a development deal from. Um, He's a development deal from uh, their their D League team, and you know he just sort of he just sort of stuck around and could really he always went to Virginia. Could really shoot, got good size, knows how to play. Just um, yeah, I mean I don't know how much time. That's the thing. Like I, I do agree with you. I worry about the bench, and I really worry about their health, especially in the you know in the in the sort of the size department. Horford, you don't know with age, although I've I played the age card with him last year and he kicked the shit out of me. Um, you know, Robert Williams' injury, you know, history, and he's gonna start way. Gallo's out for the year, you know, probably Cornette, you know. If Luke Cornette's well, a problem. Yeah. The, 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 the big they're big bodies. You know, if Horford, God forbid, does get hurt because he's getting older, Williams, you know, historically gets hurt every season. He's got he's somewhat becoming chronic with knee problems. Um your backup is Blake Griffin. And I think he can provide a great role for him, but you don't want to be playing Blake Griffin more than 25, 30. So um, I, I would look to them looking at getting another big in probably around the deadline or before, even before maybe, because they just need some insurance there. They're, the rest of their lineup's pretty good, but yeah, their bench is questionable. And I think you're in the East, like you're probably going to run into Embiid, right? There's no one on that. I mean, Horford, yeah, to an extent, smart, high IQ, but... You're going to need two or three big bodies to throw at Embiid if you face him in the playoffs because he's going to get one of your guys in foul trouble and 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 all that. So it'd be interesting to see what they do there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing or you know, hearing Dwight Howard's name sort of being, you know, like probably by January, like being sort of circulated around. Look, he's a big, he's a knucklehead, but he's big and he, he's a lob threat. He plays defense. He's actually been decent coming off the bench and. Not as crazy as he usually is, but you know, I, I I think like Blake's good, but he's a banger and he plays hard and all that. Obviously, you know, he's not 
he's not really going to give you mu- all that much offense, but like he's a tough vet. He knows how to play smart, but they need a little bit more size and length, in my opinion, you know, all coming off the bench, um, you know, and even starting because you don't know how, how you're going to go there. But the reason why I like Boston, regardless of the coach or, rega- you know, regardless of anything else that's going on, you got Tatum and Brown and you got Smart, who's like the, you know, they're Draymond Green, right? They're a tough guy. They're equalizer. And they play together. They play hard. But, you know, you never know. I, I think that that bench, like you said, does scare me a little bit. Even if you got Brogdon, White, and Williams, like, you know, after that, it, it gets a little dicey. So it, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I agree. I've got Miami at five and just out. I mean, you could have them in easily. I think they'll be consistent and steady as always. I'm just – I don't know. I think – they haven't gotten that. They haven't really gotten better in the off season, personnel wise. In my opinion, they've kept their, their own guys. Um, you know, they got Hero. Uh, they re-signed him on that big deal we spoke about last week. Kyle Lowry, Adebayo, um, Jimmy Butler. You know, so bench Duncan Robinson. Does he find his way back into the rotation? Who knows? Does he start making some shots? They have got Jovic. They've got Big Haslam's back for another year. Um, Strauss. So you know, similar roster to what they've had. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I think they'll be competitive and they'll be good. I, I just the East is just so hard. I just couldn't. I couldn't put them in there. I probably regret it because they they are the Spurs of the East. Would you have them at five? Five, yeah. That's I not that just bad. Had them out. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not like you had yeah, them at eight bad. or it's anything. Yeah, but look, I have concerns about their offense still. Like you know. Um, they do dry up. They go through spells where they. We saw it in the playoffs where they'll they'll, they'll have a sixty point game sometimes, you know, and they're just not as consistent offensively. Defensively, they're pretty pretty solid. They're gonna play hard, um, but I think I feel like they're missing something. I feel like they're missing another scoring burst on that roster um, to give them to give them a legitimate chance to be back to the conference finals or the finals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just the offensive part. You know, even when they made the finals, remember that like. Butler just couldn't, yeah, like Butler just couldn't, like, he just couldn't do, he was, he's not that type of a player. He's a tough guy. You could put him, you know, you could put you could carry on his back for a while, but like, he just wasn't that type of guy, you know, no, no disrespect to him, but, um, you know, he could only take you so far. And then after that, you have all these spot up players. You don't really have, now Hero was a rookie at that point. He's gotten a little bit better, obviously, averaging 20 a game. You know, he could really score, but uh, I think that they're, they're going to be good in the regular season. They could probably win a series. But I think as you get deeper into this thing and you don't have the offense, it reminds me a little bit of that, like, um, Chicago team when they had D. Rose and they had, like, you know, they had D. Rose and Joakim Noah and all these other guys, but they didn't have another guy that could score. And – Rose just was really good, but he wasn't that. They just like, you know, I think they played LeBron in Miami in the conference finals. He just swallowed him up. And it's the same thing here. Like, who are you going to go to? Kyle Lowry's not that type of player anymore. Like, he's a good player. Like, Max Strauss, you know, could spot up and play. And Robinson can spot up out of bio. He can handle the ball in transition and post you up. But, you know, Hero's that guy coming off the bench to score. But... I just don't think they have that guy right now that could truly just carry it and score in, you know, like four different ways, you know? So, yeah. You're four, right? What's up? Are you a four? I have them at four, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Cleveland is my six. 
Um, I think traditionally should be higher with the roster they've they've put together. But my my, my thing is like, who do they beat above them? <laughs> I mean, a playoff series probably. You know, it's just it's just so deep. But the obviously move, bringing in Donovan Mitchell is the big one for them. I think they have a pretty pretty good roster now. A pretty fair chance to shake up the East a little bit and m- maybe make some noise if they get a run on. Um, so Donovan at the one, Levert at the two. They got Garland in there as well. Who's playing playing the one as well, like combo one with with Donovan, um, Jared Allen, Kevin Love. Uh, they signed uh, way to a to a contract extension at a decent number. Obviously, Mo- Mobley's still coming um, into that starting lineup, which will probably be for one of those guards, probably Levert. And they'll bring Levert off the bench, um, which I think is a better role for him anyway. Um, Lopez Twins on there as a backup, and they got a few other guys um, who are fighting for minutes and spots. But their starting five, at least their top seven, is a is a pretty good rotation. So I think they'll be in the mix in the East, at least competitive. Uh, I think they'll be better than they were last season. Yeah, I like it, Bogues. They go big with Allen and Mobley, you know, and you know they got obviously the backcourt could score with with Mitchell and, and Garland. I worry about them a little bit defensively on the wing. You know, Coro is decent, but like Mitchell's really not a defender. Garland, in my opinion, really isn't great at that either. But I mean, you get to, you got Allen who could clean it up, you know, pretty well. They could rebound and score with you know Mobley's. You know, could give you a lot. Their bench is decent. Um, I, I I do. You know, you know, JB Bickerstaff does a great job coaching. He's been around forever, and they got a good group. You know, they got a lot of energy here, and. Um, I think they have a chance to to be pretty good. Like you said, though, like they're good, but I mean, I can't really see them beating out Brooklyn, Miami, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. I mean, you know, I think they could beat out the teams below them, obviously, but I just can't see them being good enough to really sort of elevate to get by the other teams. But, you know, we'll see. You have them late. You have them lower, right? No, I think I have them same. I have them sixth. Six. Okay, yeah. great. Um, Toronto, I've got them at seven. I think they they're going to cause some problems. They like that Nurse goes to some funky lineups. He even starts games with funky lineups. He started the preseason, which they probably will start with a starting five of Siakam, Anobi, Barnes, Van Vliet, and Trent Jr. So they're all kind of besides Van Vliet, they're all six six plus long wingspans, guard multiple positions. They're going to switch everything. They're going to junk it up. Um, they're going to beat some teams doing that. And that's why I've got them probably higher than people think. And I've got them above a few other teams just based on that. I think they're just going to cause some issues. Getting into Toronto is a pain in the ass as it is um, with road trips and getting in late and going through customs. So they've got a bit of a home court. They're all shooters in that lineup. Every one of them can knock down a three. Um, every one of them can put it on the floor. Every one of them can guard anyone on the floor. Um, bar maybe Van Vliet guarding a 4-5 man, but they'll be happy to switch that because he's a gritty, grindy, fighting type of guard. So um, I'm interested to see how they go. I think they'll be fun to watch. I think they'll cause some problems for some teams. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I'm comfortable with them at the 7 pro. Yeah, they started 5. I mean, you know, they, they could do some things for sure. You know, they got shooting. They've got, you know, they got players. They could ISO a little bit and they've got talent. I worry about their bench a little bit. You know, they got Otto Porter and Boucher and, you know, Precious. Uh, I really like the, the big kid coming off the bench, Precious, Precious Achua. Achua. Yeah, big kid. Who's, I, who's with Miami, right? Yeah, yeah, I really liked him. You know, he. I think he runs, he plays well. But I just don't know if they have a lot of firepower coming off the bench, like Josh Jackson, Malachi Flynn, you know, guys like that. But, uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, they got Thad Young too. I forgot about him. But, uh they're they're good. Like I, I think you got them at a good spot. 
you know, I think they're, you know, they're solid. They're well coached. They play hard. Uh, they're starting five. They could stay healthy. They don't have to go too deep into the bench. Um, I think they're going to be solid. I think they could definitely beat some teams. They'll be good at home for that obvious reason. Um, you know, it's a pain in the fucking balls to get there. But uh, I do like the team. I just, you know, I, I do like it. They just got to upgrade the bench a little bit in time through the draft or whatever. But I, I do think they have some talent. I think they'll go, you know, They'll, they'll, they'll be pretty good. You can't. I don't see them winning a series, but I could see you. I could see them punching you in a month in game one, though. You know, on the road and then having to deal with them. But I don't think they could beat anybody in a series. But they're going to be tough. They're going to be fun. Yeah, agree. Where, where you got them? I've got them at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. So we're close. All right. I got it. I got Atlanta at eight. Um, I assume you got Atlanta at seven. Then. Um, yep. Uh, I think they'll be in the mix. I just. I think Murray makes them better. Um, does that take the ball out of Trey Young's hands? We know Trey's a volume shooter. Likes it in his hands a lot. Interesting to see if they play how they play together. Murray has some shit to him too. Um, so. We'll just see how that goes. But Murray, Young, Collins, Hunter, and Capellas so far in their, is their starting lineup, at least in the preseason. It's a, decent, it's a very good starting five. Um, but, yeah, their, their bench, uh, they've got the Holiday Brothers, Kaminsky's on the bench. Um, I, I just – Okongwu was actually kind of good for him last season in spurts when he uh, – Okongwu, he, he backed up uh, – I'm pretty sure he, he played some four or five spots when Capella got hurt. Um he was decent for him, like solid, solid young guy. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I think their their ceiling's kind of where it is. Um, I think Murray gives him a little bit of a burst. I think maybe last season Murray would have helped a lot more, but because the East is just getting deeper and deeper, I just I just have him. Yeah, you know, I think seven, eight, nine is a good good spot for them anywhere around there, and I have him at eight. Yeah, I mean they've got the Murray trade. Obviously, was interesting. You know, putting him with Trey Young. Now you got two ball handlers and. Uh, you have two, you know, two players that can really score and really, you know, push the tempo. Um, not a huge Dejounte Murray fan. I thought he put up numbers on a bad team. I don't think I don't think he's like a bad player or anything, but I do think he'll make them better offensively. And um, I just don't think they have enough. You know, like you got those two. I like DeAndre Hunter as like that off the ball, you know, wing player. You know, John Collins is good. You know, he, it's good when he's like the fourth or fifth option on you on the floor. And, you know, he could do some things on the perimeter and, and, and rolling hard to the rim and lobs and stuff. Capella has sort of been their anchor defensively. I just don't think – I'm, I'm not a huge fan of their bench. I mean, Bogdanovich is good. That's obvious. But, like, you know, holiday, the holiday boys are decent. And, um, I'm not, a con, you know, Congo is good. But I just think that they're going to be a good team. But, you know, I don't know if they're going to punch you in the mouth and win a series and get to the conference finals they did a couple of years ago. But I think that the Murray Young will be fun to watch, and you know they'll be a decent, they'll be a decent team. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're winning a series uh, in the playoffs, but um, you know, considering where they were, you know, season season ought to go, a couple of seasons ago at least, they they definitely overachieved that season. So I just don't see them doing that again. Nine, I've got Chicago, uh, solid. Look, I think I think they I think they're at their ceiling, man. Um, last season, I, they played so well and then just fell off a little bit, and then they're looking like they're going to you know potentially go deeper than they did. But I think ball is a huge out for them. Like they're especially defensively. Um, you know, we all know what he does with the, with the ball. One of the best passes in the league. One of the best pure kind of point guards, old school pure point guards. But 
I think defensively is really big. So that then brings Caruso in the lineup earlier than you'd like. He potentially could start, I mean, in the preseason. Dasumnu, Levine, Vucevic, DeRozan and Williams was their starting five. Um, they've got one of the Giannis brothers off the bench. Uh, they got Green off the bench. I think that's Jeff Green, right? Um, so uh, Javante Green, actually. Javante Green, sorry. Yep. Um, Andre Drummond uh, off the bench. Kobe decent. White. Uh, yeah, Kobe White. So and, and Dragic is also there. And then you got Caruso to fit in. But I think they're going to be so, they'll, they'll be okay. Like they're not going to be horrific. I just I just feel like they're. They are what they are. Like, and I think the ball, I think the ball out, it maybe loses them five extra games. But even with ball, I probably have them sit. Maybe they go up one spot and take over Atlanta. But um, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on Chicago. You know, I think they they showed us that they can be really good and really bad last season. And I, I just think they're going to be be what they are. They're going to be in the mix for a plane uh, at best, and maybe surprise someone and get through the playing series, pro. Yeah, you know, I, I had a lot of hope for them last year, and they just sort of couldn't, didn't put it together. Like, I like their team on paper, but this ball knee thing is really, you know, really weird, and you don't know where that's going to go. Look, Levine could put up numbers. DeRozan could put up numbers. They don't really have rim protection in their lineup. I love Vuce, you know, Vucevic, just his ability to face up and score. I like Patrick Williams. He's solid. But, you know, if Ball's going to be out and then you got to bring either Dragic or Kobe White or Caruso, you know, at your point guard spot, it's just – I just don't think you have enough. Like, I had them, like, in the third or fourth spot last year, and I just can't do that this year just because they just don't have enough in the injury stuff. And I just – you know, I, I don't trust the team, to be honest with you. But, look, with, with a healthy ball – and you can put Levine and DeRozan off the ball, and he can, you know, he's one of the best passers. I think he's got one of the best vision, and, you know, he has one of the best sort of like eyes for, you know, making plays from, you know, probably top five or six in the league at just doing that. But if he's going to be injury injury prone all year with this knee stuff, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. I uh, hope, hope to see him healthy. He hasn't really had a fair shake at Chicago. He's been hurt on and off for, for a little while now, and hopefully he's back in the lineup. But um, yeah, I have them at 9-10. I've got New York. I think the addition of Brunson should be enough for a playing game pro at a minimum. Um, I think he'll definitely help him be be better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they are what they are as well. You, you got you know Brunson, Barrett, Fournier, Robinson and Randall look a decent lineup. Um, not a, not a horrible lineup, but you know there's question marks around Randall. Still, he had that whole mental implosion all of last season, like going at his own fans in New York. We know that the Knicks, if there's one one iota of of a bad game or things not going right, they're going to start booing. It's a tough place to play as far as that goes. Um, Obi Toppin off the bench. They got Hardlestein, Cam Reddish. Um, a few other guys that are still working for minutes quickly is obviously still there and D Rose apparently um, well, from what vision I've seen has lost a bunch of weight so in really good shape for Thibodeau and reports were that Thibodeau challenged him in the off season to, to come back in better shape um, that he was a little bit heavy so similar team to last season Bar Barrett um, can they can they make some noise I don't think so they're, they're battling for a playing game you could I, I, I had Washington but then I was like I think the addition of Brunson gets him in the 10 for me bro yeah, trust me, Derek Rose eating Twinkies before games ain't the fucking problem in New York. So I, I would chill the fuck out with that <laughs> shit, to be to be honest. Um, look, they got a good team. They're they're okay. They got fucking they might have the most lefties in the starting lineup in NBA history. They got three lefties. 
you know, Barrett yeah, Randall Brunson. Fair point. That'd be a stat muse. Where you at? <laughs> yeah, hire me, motherfuckers. But um, look, I, I think Brunson's stable and solid. If you, you know, if everybody can get off what he's making and all that, look, he's a tough kid. He plays hard every night. He brings professionalism. Um, it's a different type of media, though, that he's going to have to deal with that he didn't have to deal with in Dallas. He didn't have to deal with the Villanova. This is a these guys go at your fucking throat. So it is a little different, but I like Brunson. I think he's going to be good with them. Fournier's got to stay healthy. Their bench is okay. I, hopefully, Toppin can make it. You know, to can make a, a sort of a jump. Hartlestein solid. Is that that tough kid bruiser? Not a big Cam Reddish fan. D Rose, obviously, he is who he is. You know, um, hopefully he's running on the track. Quickly's not bad. Quickly's not bad for him. Yeah, quickly's good. Um, They're okay. Don't get me wrong, but just like you look ahead, I have them at 11. I had actually Washington ahead of them. But, you know, even Mitchell Robinson, like we don't talk about enough. Like he's solid. He could probably give you like close to 10 and 10 and he could block shots. Um, Not much of an offensive player, but like they'd be okay. I just don't – I don't trust them offensively like – who are you going to go to down the stretch is what I want to know. Like, is it going to be Brunson? Like, I don't think Brunson's that type. Like, I think Brunson plays well when he plays off of another, you know. Um, well, it's yet to be seen. We don't know. Yeah. yeah I mean, and Barrett. Doesn't have Luca anymore. I yeah. Think it'll be Barrett or, Barrett or Brunson, in my opinion, I think. Yeah. And, and Randall might get some of the scraps. Um, but it felt like a Fournier hit some big shots. He was the, their big I mean, he didn't have a great year for him, but it felt like he had some big shots for him last season, all season. It seemed like it was Fournier that was knocking, at least at least attempting to take the tough shot, you know? So we'll see. Give us your uh, – we've done the bottom five. Well, I've done the bottom five, but we had a switch. So you give me your Washington preview as to why you have them over uh, New York. Sure. Look, folks, they were awful last year, but they had fucking injury, you know, like they had injury issues up the ass, right? Um, I like it if Bradley Beal could stay healthy all year, Porzingis could stay healthy all year. You know, then you bring in Will Barton, Kuzma, you know, Kuzma's solid, you know, gives you 17 and 8. I really do like this starting five. Monty Morris is solid. I Hachimura, thought that, yeah, yeah Hatchamore, obviously Hatchamore, Daniel Gafford, uh, you know, he's a good roller. Uh, Denny at, 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 what was it? As, Avdija. Avdija. Yeah, Avdija, Avdija my fault. Yeah. Um, you know, he's solid. DeLon Wright's a sort of, you know, good backup point guard for them. But I like, look, I think if you can get Porzingis in the right headspace where, you know, you get him the ball where he needs the ball, you know, and you don't just have him jacking up fucking threes, you have him like facing up high post, you know, posting them up a little bit, running them in transition, trails, things like that. I think you can get a lot of production out of him. Bradley Beal's always going to give you that 25, you know, 25 and 5. You know, Will Barton's a good setup for them. I think it takes a lot of pressure. Johnny Davis, their rookie, will get a lot of minutes coming off the bench. I really liked watching him last year, excuse me, in college. I just think they're a good team. I think they're, you know, they didn't really they didn't really play together last year. Um, I'm not really a big KCP fan. They got rid of him to Denver. Um, I do think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be great or anything. But I do trust them a little bit more than New York. Like, they got two guys you could actually throw the ball to and definitively could score in, in Beal and Porzingis. You know, and then the other yeah, guys. And Kuzma. 
Yeah. Kuzma can score it too. Kuz is yeah. good too. Kuz is good too. So like, I think he's a, you know, I think they got really good players and like their bench isn't great, but Hachimura, hopefully he's over the demons or whatever he was doing last year. You know, remember he had that mental, a mental health, yeah, the yeah. health thing, yeah. you know, Davis with Davis and Hachimura and Gafford playing well off the bench. They're a good team. They can't, I don't think they could do much like in playoff wise, but I think they're going to be a tough out because of the fact that you get, like I said, Beal and Porzingis and Kuzma, and they got a couple other guys you can put the ball in the hole. It'll be, it'll be interesting. They'll be much better for sure. Um, but although this French kid, they might have a lot of uh, health and, you know, they might have a lot of health and uh, safety protocols. <laughs> the tank, the tank for Victor. Yeah, I mean, I, I had I had them in at ten initially, so I hope I don't regret it. We'll see. That'll be a nice little battle we can have to see who gets that ten spot. Um, out of those two, but that's the NBA route. Really, we, we, I, don't, I don't think we need to get too in depth on those other four. We, we touched on them early on. They're not going to be very good. Detroit's probably the funnest to watch out of it. Maybe Charlotte as well. But um, if you're an Indiana Pacer fan, uh, just take a buy year. Just don't buy a season ticket. Don't go. Um, maybe wait a, wait a couple of seasons. Maybe you get Victor, and then you can, you can buy a season ticket again. But it's going to be ugly for you guys, I think. All right, moving on. Dabble, dabble, dabble. Betting meets social media. Great interaction app on Dabble. You can follow your friends and mates. Stalk the experts, trending tipsters. You can scroll through trending bets and copy them all in one tap. Uh, whether you do a ten stage multi, whatever you're doing, you can instant copy that to your account. You can jump on the chat forum there. Banter. Uh, talk shit with your mates, um, laugh at people when they get it wrong. So you can also go on there and follow me, Andrew Bogut, all one word, if you want to follow my tips once the NBA season starts, some good, some bad. Go on, download the app, have a dabble, dabble socially, and remember to gamble responsibly. Moving on to the NBL Pro, Sydney Kings, as I said, we're 3-0. Um, we beat big, big bad Melbourne United yesterday. In a, what was a pretty ugly game for United? Nothing went right for them. Everything went right for us. Uh, Xavier Cooks, not sure if you saw the highlight pro, but think he, I think he had dunk. Of, he's got dunk of the year sewn up, I think, and no one's beaten that. That was tremendous, and he, and he actually shot the ball real well from three. He had, he had a really good night. Um, but let's get to the Adelaide 36ers pro. They uh, they stunned uh, the Phoenix Suns over there in in, in your part your part of the US and got a lot of good pub around the world because you don't usually see an international team winning in those games. Yeah, Bogues, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, just could have missed. Could not miss. And, you know, they just weren't getting out. Like, Phoenix just were like, they took it. Look, you know, you, we've all been there. Like, we played a, I think we played a team from China uh, a couple of times when, you know, my last year in Dallas. And you play a team like that, an international team, I don't give a fuck who you play. You're just going to take them lightly. And especially, it's not like you're playing Real Madrid, you're not playing Barcelona. You know, you're playing like, you know, playing a good, you know, good NBL team. And they just took them a little lightly, and then they could not fucking miss. I mean, they need a, they need a 30 for 30 on that fucking game, I'll be honest with you. Like, that, <laughs> it, it, was, it was pretty cool to see, and we gave Wandale a bunch of shit, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting, man. It was, hey, like, they shot the shit out of it. They weren't afraid. That's a big thing. Like, when you play against these teams, you got to play smart. You got to move the ball when you're playing against NBA players. And you got to fucking not be afraid. J.J. Barea once told me that. He goes, look, as an NBA player, you need confidence. I don't care if you're four feet tall or nine feet tall. You got to have fucking confidence. And that's what they had. They fucking played. They weren't intimidated. And they just played hard as fuck. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool. It was 
just interesting to watch, man. It was a good game. Yeah, for those people that uh, need to realize that first, second, third game of the preseason, it, this is an excuse, but the NBA NBA players generally don't give a fuck about those games at all. Like, there's no, we're not going to get in the grind. We're not going to get back and forth. Oh, we're going to grind a win out. So the result isn't as important, but it's still it's still a great job by the Sixers. You can't diminish what they did, and they 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 could not miss, right? But there's also the other side of things where it's. If it's a regular season game, I think we see a bit of a different story. But credit to Adelaide, they did a great job. And unfortunately for Adelaide, they ran into the buzzsaw of what an NBA schedule is like because a night or two later, they played OKC and got absolutely pummeled. So that's how brutal it is. And I think OKC came out. You know, Josh Goody was on that team. He played for the 36ers. He's, he's probably telling the locker room, you know, just don't lose this game. Let's not let's not lose this game. I don't want to hear it from from my old team and they got absolutely pummeled by OKC but it was great for the NBL made you know made news around the world and yeah even just watching re-watching the highlights of just how many threes they knocked down was crazy and for anyone out there that wants a, a good NBA player um, uh, you know Randall I think with the, the 36 to sign him now so then we don't have to play him so he's hopefully gone with his he's got an NBA buyout pro so hopefully someone signs him <laughs> get him out of our league get him away from the Sydney Kings having to guard him so he was really good for him as well um Cairns Taipans have started well. Uh, they're un, un, undefeated as of now. Perth as well, undefeated. Um, Southeast Melbourne looking a little bit shaky. A few injuries. The accountant pro uh, broke off. He's, he's still still out injured. Um, they've got the big Chinese kid coming back, Joe Chi. So it'll be interesting to see where Alan Williams, who is their um, import, whether he plays the same amount of minutes. So they're looking a little bit shaky. Tasmania get, got off to an 0-3 start. Um, they played an 0-2 Brisbane yesterday, and uh, uh, Aaron Baines Brisbane, and Tassie got the win. So they're they're on they're one and three now. Brisbane moved to 0-3. They have not won a game pro um, after the acquisition of, of Baines and, and and Tyler Johnson and a few other guys. And we unfortunately the Sydney Kings get to play them on a Sunday in their home opener, and they're 0-3 pro. You got to love that, don't you? So <laughs> we've got a tough, yeah, we've got a tough outing because they come out very, very motivated. Melbourne United are 0-2 with a trip to Perth. So um, Perth is no easy beat over there in Perth, and United could easily go to 0-3. So. Uh, very very interesting start to the season. Still still early pro. I mean, people forget the Kings were three and five, three and six, only a season ago, and then you know got into some form and ended up winning a championship. And also, the Sydney Kings have broken the official record of most road wins by a team in a row in NBL history, I believe. So congratulations to Sydney Kings. They continued on that streak from obviously last season into this season and still have not lost a game on the road in a long, long time. So hopefully we can continue that in Brisbane on Sunday, Pro. Useful or useless? I've got a good one this week, Pro. You'll like this one. So a guy, Jock Landale, he was 4-0 versus the Adelaide 36ers when he played for Melbourne United and he was 0-1 since he got to the NBA. Useful or useless? Oh, it's useful as fuck. It's useful as fuck. <laughs> I, think, I think our boy Landale, you got to, you know, he he, t- he takes the wife beater off and fucking gets a haircut and, and a little bit of a pay raise. And now the guy's fucking taking shit easy. So I think he's got to step the fuck up. He's got to stop. Hey, he's got to stop serenading fucking teammates on on you know on social media and get down to fucking business, man. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm fucking tired of seeing it. I lose my shit. I lose my shit every time I fucking see it. He's got to stop. 
Got to fucking stop. It's got to stop. Yeah. Good old jockster. Um, it, I'd love it for, it for it to be useful, but it is useless. But I, I did see it posted um, online and Pro and I both gave uh, jockster some shit for making NBL history. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't too happy with us for a couple of days. But Too much venture, uh, Mike, before the game. So you got to cut yeah, that shit up. Yeah, but uh, he took it in stride. He, he said, man, I've heard it from everyone now. I have to hear it from you two guys as well. And like, yeah, you, you did it. You played in the NBL, Jock, and you did a great job promoting the league and let the NBL team get a win. So we appreciate it. But that is useful as can be. Next one, Pro. Duncan Robinson had 29 points on 11 shots in the pre, in one of their preseason games. He was tw- 29 points, 7-11 from the field, 5 for 7 from 3. The reason why I brought this in, is it useful or useless to tell us that he's back in form and he's going to be in the rotation? Or is it useless because it does not matter? No, it's useless. I want to see him score I, instead of 29 points. I want him to see him play 29 minutes in a fucking playoff game. So fuck that shit. It's useless. No, it's useful. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, 11 shots, 29 points. I'm trying to teach young players that you don't need to be, you know, trying to get 29 on 25 shots. Guy was efficient. No, it's obviously pretty cool, but he's got to fucking step up a little bit. You know, so were you useful or useless? You, you said both. <laughs> I was bullshitting. I think it is. Um, it is. Pretty- I think it's useless. Uh, I agree with you. You got to you got to do it in a pre in a, in a regular season game. They're paying you ninety million, so I think it's great as far as okay, he's got his confidence back. But it is a preseason. There's not a whole lot of you know it's eighty percent intensity from a regular season. So you've got your legs under you. But I think it's useless until you do it in a, in a regular season game. I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm I'm fucking sitting on the fence on this one. I forgot it's a preseason, folks. My fucking head is mush. I forgot about it. Yeah, I, I say it's useless. Uh, fuck that preseason shit. No one cares. Nobody <laughs> gives a fuck. Like nobody cares. Seriously, like nobody fucking cares. So a friend of mine, a friend of mine, is in uh, Dubai right now, um, and they had that game between was it Milwaukee and Atlanta, right? And he 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 asked me a couple of weeks ago. He goes, "Oh, you think I should go?" I said, "Listen, man, like no no one's really gonna play." I said, and and I'm just going to give you a tip. Preseason NBA players are going half-assed. The rotations, the coaches are making a mockery out of the rotations. They'll play their starters for the whole first quarter and they'll sit. I said, if you want to go just because you want to be part of it, and he's more of a basketball purist, so he wants to see good basketball. Um, I said, and the tickets were like outrageously expensive um, being in Dubai. So he decided not to go. And then after the game, he texts me and goes, his friends are all pissed because Giannis didn't play. I'm like, I, dude, I told you. And he's like, he was, on, he was on all the billboards and everything. And they're saying, he, you know, and I'm just like, welcome to the NBA preseason. Like they're not going to fly guys to Dubai that far and then play him 30 minutes. It's just not going to happen. So to Pro's point, the preseason for the most part is a shit show. Usually the last game, it gets toned up, like at least in Golden State, we'd be like, "All right, guys, like no, there's no, we're doing our actual rotation tonight for our last preseason game of how we're going to do it in the game. So if you play thirty, you're playing thirty tonight, and we're going to use that to kind of trampling into the regular season. But for, you know, unfortunately, if you're an NBA fan and it's game one, two, three, four, five of the preseason, save your money and try to earn some interest and go to a regular season game. That's that's generally a much better decision, bro. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing about it, I mean, the only good thing about it, Bogues, is like, first of all, the attendance is pretty fucking brutal in, in, in the preseason. And you can get more you know, access. You know, your, your tickets ain't going to be as expensive. Now, it's not going to be real NBA basketball, but if you're a fan and, um, you know, you're a little bit, you're a little bit of a limited budget, um, preseason's way to go. You could probably get closer to the action. 
um, you know, autographs and all that stuff. But um, I'm not a big fan of pre. I, I like watching the young players play that will either be cut or second round picks or whatever. That's cool. But it's not great basketball and no one really gives a fuck. Players, you know, veterans usually don't give a fuck about it. Um, maybe the last game, you know, they try to get amped up for the, you know, you know, for the regular season. But like, yeah, it's, it's a it's not much of a product, to be honest with you. Correct. All right, last one. Christian Wood in the preseason, 19.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 60-50, splits. Currently the second betting favorite to win sixth man of the year. Useful or useless, bro? Useless. I don't trust anything that Christian Wood does, to be honest with you, um, when the season hasn't even started yet. I think it's pretty useless. It's preseason. Hey, look, it's cool to see. Don't get me wrong. If we're going to go off on Duncan Robinson about that shit, Christian Wood, same thing. He's got to do it all year. He's got to do it and coming off the bench roll. He's got to deal with the ups and downs of the NBA with an actually winning team. Um, my opinion, he hasn't really done that yet in his career. Um, I'd like to see it more. So I think it's pretty useless, in my opinion. As far as now, are you talking about currently the second betting favorite for six men a year? Or the whole thing, the stats and all that stuff as well. What, like the, what do you mean? The useful or useless? Is it the, like, are, are we emphasizing? Oh, yeah. You, no, are those, are those numbers useless? Are they, are they useful to you? Are they, do you think they're useful? Oh, no, they're you, useless. You, like, it's, look, he's, he's a good NBA. Like, he puts up NBA numbers, right, you know, throughout his career. Um, he put up that in the preseason. It's only fucking preseason basketball. I think it's pretty useless, to be honest. It's pretty cool stat lines, don't get me wrong. It's pretty cool to do and good, but like, I think it's pretty useless to do in the preseason with a guy who's already done it. If it's like your undrafted guy, you know, if it's your undrafted guy, you didn't have a lot of hopes for him, and he's averaging 19-5 and 7-5 and all those splits and all that, I'd be like, that's pretty useful. That's pretty cool. Like, that's good for him. But a guy who's already done it, it's preseason, I'm going to say useless, but that's just me. Yeah, I think it's useless. I think it's preseason. They're good numbers. Hopefully, he has some confidence going into that. Um, but yeah, it's it's the preseason. So for me, all three of our stats were useless this week. And for those wondering, the favorite, and you know the favorite is for six man of the year, Pro? Uh, I do not. Wandale? He has a black eye right now. Wandale, from us. No, no, no. Jordan Paul doesn't have a black eye. He has a sore chin. But no yeah, shit. Um, he, he, he's the favorite for six man of the year. So... They, uh, maybe they must not be start. Must not be starting him. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Draymond bet on somebody else, and he wanted to knock him out early. There you go. Maybe he's on the Christian Wood train. Um, he's the second favorite. So, fact or fake news? What you got? The Golden State Warriors will give either or both Draymond and Jordan Poole an extension before the season starts. Fact or fake news? Uh, well, well, Jordan Poole's restricted, right? So there's no. This is a thing. There's no real rush for them to do that, is there? I mean, you could. Yeah, I mean, they they still have the they still have the matching rights in the off season. Um, and you know, someone's going to throw money at him, so maybe they think, you know, maybe we can get a five percent discount now. We'll do it. I just don't know. I haven't really followed too much of the numbers. Um, you said by, by by the time the season starts, so that's a week away. Fake news. Yeah, the Draymond definitely not. Draymond's not getting an extension. I, I don't. Th- I don't think he is. Um, I think he has a player option for next season. He'll play this season out, and then they can either, if they were to re-sign him, they 
you know, they, they extend off that player option or, you know, be interesting to see if they don't extend what, what Draymond does with that option, whether he opts out um, and goes somewhere else or whether he realizes the grass isn't always greener. But I don't think either of them will get an extension before the 17th of, of October, Pro. Jordan Poole will be a Golden State Warrior past his contract, meaning like – they won't trade him. They won't sign and trade him. They won't let him leave. They're going to extend him. In your opinion, they extend him not before the season. Next year, he's going to be a he's going to be a Golden State Warrior next year. Okay. Now they're um, they got a bajillion dollars they're going to pay in luxury tax because of all the contracts they've got with Draymond's. You know, they got Draymond's uh, player option if he opts into it. Then you've got obviously Steph and Clay and you know Wiggins' deal. So they're paying, I don't know the exact number, but they're paying a shit ton of money. So Jordan Poole will be um will be a Golden State Warrior past this contract. Yeah, fact fact. I, I, I just don't think they're who who are you gonna get that you know, he's he's young, man. And they know, you know, Steph's getting older, Clay's getting older, Clay's got coming off two two really bad injuries, Draymond's getting older. Um, the other question is, you know, the extension guys are, you know, it's Jordan Poole, Draymond, and, and Wiggins are the ones that are up in the next year or so. So, um, yeah, you, you're not going to keep all three of them. So there's an odd man out. Um, you might not even be able to keep two of them because I think keeping two of them still bumps you pretty heavily over the tax. So they've got just some decisions to make. But I think, I think number one priority for them is, is Jordan Poole. I think um, for the longevity of your franchise, you don't want to see him walk. And then go and do what he's doing for another club and and help and help them, right? So I think they'll 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 bite that bullet. They know they'll probably have to eat it in the tax for a year or two, depending on what happens long term with Steph and Clay. But that's that's a risk they have to take, and I think they'll do it. So fact. Yeah, Bogues. I, I think I say fact he'll be there. Um look, like this is a monumental run for any organization of what they've been doing and been able to do the last, you know, six or seven years, right? Like, um, I know you talk about luxury tax and all this and everybody like hoots and hollers. Um, and I don't know the financial ramifications of signing everybody, but I think they're going to keep everybody together as long as they can. I think he will be. I don't care what they got to pay for fucking luxury tax. I think they'll be like, fuck it. Like, you know. Once it's once this thing's done, it's done. You know, like it's it, it's never really pretty. Once you go past, like, look, Draymond's getting older. Steph is getting a little older. Not that he's shown any signs of decline, but like, I think you just keep the band together as much as you can, and you've got all these other pieces that you could re-sign. You know, that could help you. I think it's hard to when you're that far over the cap to let a guy go and what you're gonna get back and all that stuff. I, I think you just keep them and just keep the band together. I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's fact. I think he'll be there. Yep. Agree. Fact or fake news. Last one, Bogues. Ben Simmons will be an all-star within the next three years. Well, that's a good one. Within the next three years. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Look, I think his numbers aren't horrible. Um, it's going to depend on, he's going to be the third pick from that team. If, if they're really successful, um, having a really good year pre All Star, it's obviously gone. KD, Kyrie, um, they're going to have to be a one seed or a two seed for him to get that third spot, right? You'd think so. Um, and then he's competing in the forward spot with you know Giannis and um, who else? Who else in the forward spot out there? Um, but or Bam um, at a bio. So 
Maybe, but that, I think they have to be a prerequisite. As of now, I would say fake news, but I think for him to be an all-star, the, the asterisks I put in, that they have to be one or two seed pre-all-star break. So um, as a whole, I'd say fake news, but I think if, they, if, if they're really successful, he'll be, he'll be that third pick from the team. Just because there's three, three all-stars in that team, right? It's, it's much harder to get three from one team and ha- it rarely, rarely, rarely happens. Like Golden State have done it a few times. Atlanta had that one year where their whole starting five made it, but they're rare occurrences and you're competing against some pretty big names in the East. Yeah, I say fake news. I, 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 mean, within, I mean, three years, I mean, look, anything could happen in the next three years, but with Donovan Mitchell back you know, in the East and you know, if he's obviously staying for a while, um, you know, Harden's still going to be at a high, you know, a high level. You know, I, you never know. It's a shit show of like the, you know, the reserves when they when they vote him in. But I think uh, I think fake news. It's hard to be a fucking all star, you know, especially when you're not the focal point. Now anything could happen with that team if those two guys jet after a year or whatever, and now he's stuck holding the ball. Um. Maybe with the numbers he puts up, whatever they have around him, team wise, he can do that. But that's a, that's a big gamble. Still, I say fake news, but yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Wishing the best. Hopefully, he has a great season. Hopefully, Brooklyn can play well and be my number number two seed, and I get all my picks right, bro. So I can give you more shit. But other than that, we will see how it goes. Thanks for joining us this week's episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed. Next week, we'll do the Western Conference. And obviously chat more basketball. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, bro. All right. Thanks, folks. See you guys next week. Let's get rogue.